want to read out of the book of Revelation chapter 1. If you've got a Bible there, if you've got someone near you that doesn't have one, share with them. Amen. If they need a breath mint, just get, offer them one. Amen. We'll, we'll, we'll all help each other out. Amen. You know, breath mints are a good thing. I'm just going to chase a rabbit for a second. Is that okay? I got, you know, pastor was just here and that spirit on him, just, it just, I love it. Amen. Just be bold. So mints are good. Amen. You know, if you go a long time between brushing your teeth, even if you brush your teeth, you still need mints and we need gum. Amen. Gum is good and mints are good. And so I'm always telling our ushers, not that anybody has any worse than anybody else, praise God. But I'm just telling, hey, get them Altoids back there. Keep a mint in your mouth. Amen. It's good and pleasant to talk. You ever seen that commercial with the guys, big, hefty guy with the beards on the subway? And he's standing next to that person. That person goes, I've been enjoying your breath since 15th Street, you know. I mean, no, that's better than, than turning your head away. Amen. But I don't know why I just said that. But mints are good. Amen. Revelation chapter 11, 1, verse 1. Ver, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by, to, by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God, to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all the things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy. How many know it's not enough just to read it? And not enough just to hear it, but let it get down in. Amen? And keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. I just have to read that verse 3 again. Blessed is he who reads and who hears and who keeps these things. Amen? So we hear, we read, we read, we hear, and we keep. means we stay in it. For the time is near. John said to the seven churches which are in Asia, Grace to you and peace from him who is, who is and who was and who is to come. Praise God. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead. And the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And has made us kings and priests. To his, God, to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, hallelujah, he is coming with clouds and every eye shall see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him, even so. Amen. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We give you glory for it. We thank you for the spirit of expectancy that's in this place. This morning, we ask you to arrest our minds and our spirits for the next few minutes to hear something that will change our lives this morning. And Satan, you are defeated by the blood of Jesus. And every strategy that you bring against your church, the church of Jesus Christ, Satan is against you. You're defeated by the blood. And we speak that over you this morning and we declare that by his stripes we're healed. And no weapon formed against the church of Jesus Christ can win. Amen. Everybody say amen. 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 Praise God. God's moment in time. It's okay. You can clap anytime you want. God is worthy of that clap. Amen. 
God's moment in time. I want you to think about that for a second. How many know that there is moments in our lives, moments called Kairos moments? And I'm going to get into what Kairos means in just a second. You may be new. We've got people that got uh, baptized this morning that haven't been saved more than a month. How many know that's what the church is about? Praise God. Praise God. Come on, get excited with me. Amen. Don't make me check your pulse. If you don't get excited about people getting saved, then something's wrong with you. And if you get used to it, something's wrong with you. I'm over there crying while the baptism's going on because I love seeing people get saved. I love seeing people change. I love people saying, I used to do this and do that and be this and be that, but I'm not anymore. And Jesus is the reason, praise God. I love hearing that. So you need to get excited about that this morning. But there's a moment, and, 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 and as we get into this, the first and only or best Kairos moment anybody has, there are many after, is when you get saved. Okay? If you think back just for a second, that day, that second, that hour, that moment that Jesus touched your life. Okay? Now, I can remember mine like it was yesterday. And it was 22 years ago, next week. But I knew that God had stepped out of heaven and stepped down into my heart. I knew he had changed me from the person that I used to be. And I and I did at that time didn't think there was hope. Is anybody in here? Don't have to raise your hand. But you might be here this morning and you might be saying, I don't really believe there's hope. I don't really believe I can make it. I don't really believe that that I can change. And I got good news for you. There's a whole bunch of people in here sitting to your left, right, front and back who felt the same thing before they got saved. Now they look back at their life and they say, God, if God, you can change me, you can change anybody. Amen. How many believe that this morning? Ron Canoli used to sing that song with his mom, Amazing Grace, that saved a wretch like me. He was growing up and he looked up at his mom and said, what's a wretch, mama? She said, shut up and sing, boy. <laughs> Amen. How many know we were wretches? Even if you don't know what that means, just let me give you a definition. Who you were before you met Jesus. Amen. Wretched sinner. Amen. And, and we're all lost without Jesus this morning. But a kairos moment happens. And I want to read to you what the word kairos means. It, it comes from the Greek. And it comes out of, you don't have to look at this, so now you can write it down for your notes, Romans 5, 6 and Galatians 6, 9. There's the word mentioned there in those verses in the Greek, and it means a fixed or definite period of time. A fixed or definite period of time, okay? That means God has established for you and I a, to- a moment or moments, because I can tell you this morning, and I'm going to tell you a few of them, I've had more than one Kairos moment in my life. But I recognized it was a moment. And another one says a season or an opportune or seasonable time. Okay, but let me, let me clarify that real quick. And I will later, but I want to hit it while it's, while, it's, while it's fresh. A season or an opportune or seasonable time. Meaning a Kairos moment can lead you into a season and lead you into a seasonable time. But you have to catch the moment at the moment for the season to begin. I'm gonna, everybody catch that? That's very key. Very, very key. Someone might say, well, I've got a season of opportunity here. No, you don't. The moment to seize is very small. But when you seize it and recognize that it's God, it opens up a season. I hope that you get that as I move on. A specific moment, if you didn't get any of the other things, watch this. A specific moment in the time calendar of God. A specific moment in the time calendar of God. Now, that right there ought to just blow you away, period. 
That ought to just make you just your head start spinning for a second in a good way. You, God, the creator of the universe, the one who swung the stars into heaven, the one who said, let there be light and light exist. That God has something specific for me on his calendar. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I said. I, I, so, I don't know. What, I don't know. I must have, let me try it in Spanish. No, I'm just kidding. Come on, guys. The church, the God, sorry, the God of this universe has your name and your life and a season and a time written out on his calendar, almost like a birthday. It says, circled. This is a moment for my child. And you put in the blank there. Amen. And he thinks about you. Of all the billions of people there are in the world, he thinks about you right now. At this very moment, you're on his mind. That's why Jeremiah 29, 11 is one of my favorite verses. That he knows the, I know the thoughts I think towards you. Oh, that ought to make you excited right there just to think that God is thinking about me. He's not too busy to be thinking about me right now. And he's got stuff lined up for me, but he wants me to catch the moment that is his in time. A signified or specific period of time. A kairos moment. So when you say God's moment in time, a kairos moment in time. It's a moment, watch this, in our lives when God takes all the future happenings of our life and compresses them in to the destiny of our life in one moment. I have to read that again. You have to get that. It's a moment in our lives. Now notice I've said moment about 15 times already. It's not an hour. It's not a day. It's not a week. It's a moment. A kairos moment. Amen. And when it happens, it compresses all the future happenings of my life into one moment. And listen, he takes it and as he compresses it and places it before us, he says, you are now at a crossroads of decision. There's a decision you have to make. When you got saved, I use that as the first example because some of you might be too new in the Lord or haven't recognized yet Kairos moments or understood what that means yet for your life. But I can tell you that everybody can relate this morning to the moment you got saved. How many know that at the moment you got saved, whether it was in this church in the service, whether it was out uh, uh, at, the, at the square, amen, like my brother like back here in the back got saved last night, amen, what's his name, Dylan? Huh? Mikey. Everybody say hi to Mikey this morning. Amen. He gave his life to Jesus last night on the square as the youth were out evangelizing. Whether you did it in a camp or at school or wherever you did it, where someone led you in the sinner's prayer, you were at a crossroads in your life. And that crossroads was my life was destined for hell. My life was destined for separation from God. But somebody spoke to me, and at that Kairos moment, my crossroads changed because I made a decision to say, Jesus, I believe that you're the son of the living God, and I believe you died on the cross for my sins, and I accept you into my life. And that Kairos moment changed the destiny of your life. Amen. See, we don't, one of the reasons we don't really uh, get excited enough is because we don't think of Kairos moments. Because when we look at somebody getting baptized, as, for example, Deanna it was giving hers, and it was a powerful testimony. Amen. I love it when people cry while they're giving their test. Not that you have to, but there's meaning behind it. Amen. And you get choked up, and, you, and, and, and like Dwayne was saying, I'm, I might start crying. It, it means something to you. Amen. And if you're not a crier, that's fine. But as long as it means something to you. 
And as they're giving their testimony, you're watching somebody in church, raising their hands, clapping their hands, giving their testimony, going down in water, that you don't realize that if it wasn't for the decision made at the crossroads of their life, they would not be in a baptismal tank. They might be in the hospital dying. They might be in prison for the rest of their life. They might be dead already and in hell. That's what we don't really realize. We don't stop the film, hit pause and say, where would this? I wish God would show us that sometimes. Pause the movie for a second. And let's say, God, if, if those people that got baptized this morning would not have said yes at the crossroads at the Kairos moment. Can you show us real quick where they'd be right now? I think it'd be scary. Very scary. Amen. So it's a very, very important thing when we realize that when somebody gets baptized or shares their faith and says, I've put my faith in Jesus Christ, it's not about changing from a church to another church or a membership or any of those things. It's your destiny has been changed from an eternity in hell, separated from God, to an eternity in heaven with God. Praise God. Amen. That's what Kairos moment does for you. It's that moment when... God takes the future of a person, a church, or a nation. A person, a church, or a nation. And wraps that future into that Kairos moment. And watch this. Says to that individual, or that nation, or that church, what will you do with your future? What will you do with your future? Let me give you some examples in the Bible real quick. You know, we look all the way back to the to the first, first people on the earth, Adam and Eve. And we see that the serpent came to Eve and began to talk to her and talk about the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That was a kairos moment for Eve. Amen? That was a moment in time where the future of us, the future of humanity, was standing in the balance of destiny and that decision of crossroads was placed before Eve and then eventually Adam together and they made the wrong choice and ate of the fruit and we know that the, the rest is history. Can you see what I'm saying? Can you, can you recognize with me this morning why a Kairos moment is so important? Not only to recognize it, there's two things that are very important to this. One, that you'd recognize a Kairos moment. That God would give you the wisdom to say, this is a, something's happening right now that is changing the destiny of my life. And the second one would be to make the right choice. Right? That's not good enough to recognize it. Maybe Adam and Eve said, well, you know what? This is really an interesting question we're being asked right now. Wow, this is, this is different. And then they made the wrong choice. So recognize it and then make the right choice. Moses stands at the burning bush. That was a Kairos moment. Because we know that 40 years before, for 40 years, he lived in the land of Egypt as the grandson of Pharaoh. He had been living a life and doing what he did, and he had a certain destiny that was placed before him, but he decided not to go down that. He made a good choice. Can you say amen? And then later on, even further down, after wandering on the backside of the desert for 40 years, he stands in another Kairos moment as he stands before the burning bush. And in that moment of time, God wraps all of the future of the nation. Listen, all of the future of the nation of Israel and of the church and of the kingdom of God in one Kairos moment and says, Moses, what will you do with this moment? What decision will you make? 
See, the neat thing we have this morning of the Bible is we have the final product. We can look at the Bible stories and say, well, Adam and Eve messed up. Well, Moses made the right choice. And we can go through these stories knowing now that it's done, what they did right and what they did wrong. And how many know we'd be wise to learn from what they did right and what they did wrong? I like learning from other people instead of learning myself the, the hard way. Can you say amen? Samuel stands at that moment, that Kairos moment, when suddenly he hears the voice of the Almighty. How many remember that story? Samuel. Samuel. He's staying with Eli, and he hears the voice, and he keeps getting up, and he keeps going to Eli, and he keeps saying, are you calling me? And Eli says, I haven't called you. It's not me. And he goes back again, and he keeps doing that. And the high priest is instructing him that next time you hear that voice say, Lord, what do you want to say to me? So when you recognize this, you know, I believe this morning, not just because I'm preaching this message. I believe this is a Kairos moment for some of you. I believe this is a moment in time where you're at a crossroads in your life. It might be for salvation or not. It might be for your future or not. Or it might be for the destiny of your family. It might be for the destiny of the church. It might be for the destiny of a nation. I don't know what it is, but I believe some people this morning are going to have a Kairos moment. And I hope that you hear that voice and you say to the Lord, speak as Samuel did for your servant is here. It would be good for you to go and read that story in the Bible about Samuel and Eli so that you would look at how I just said, recognize the Kairos moment and then learn to hear and say the right thing at the right moment. He says, here, here I am. And he says, speak for your servant hears. Isn't it funny? He heard the first two times, but he didn't hear the right thing. A Kairos moment sometimes is when you've been hearing. We had a couple testimonies of ladies this morning who had been taken to church and heard the gospel and been around it and heard it. And different from the other, from, from, for example, Jesse at the end that never had heard and, and hadn't been in church. And you, you hear that where it's like, I hear it, I hear it, I hear it. But it doesn't do any good to hear it, hear it, hear it. You've got to do something with it. You got to learn. You got to understand. You got to say, okay, God, you're speaking to me. What are, what are you trying to say to me today? Can you say amen? Look at the person next to you and say, God is going to speak to you today. Praise God. Now, when Samuel said, watch this, when Samuel said, speak for your servant hears, he hears the voice of God. That Kairos moment takes place. Listen, in all of the future of the kingdom and the throne upon which David would stand and eventually Christ would sit is upon that, that man, Samuel. Because he eventually anoints David the king. Somebody get what I'm saying this morning. It is not a small thing that God, recognize that too. Whenever there's a Kairos moment, again, don't just go, oh, it's just God doing something again. No, 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 no. It's not your husband or your wife calling you. It's not your friend calling you. It's not a coworker calling you. It's the I am calling you. It's the Alpha and the Omega calling you. It's the beginning and the end calling you. It's the destiny changer calling you. It's the healer calling you. It's the financial problem breaker calling you. It's the marriage restorer calling you. Can you say amen? It's the drug redemption calling you this morning. It's the shackle breaker calling you this morning. It's the life changer calling you this morning. Can you say amen? Somebody's going to get this. 
and understand how real it is when God steps out of heaven and steps into your life and says, I want to change you. I want to give you a new life. I want to put you on a new path. That old way is not the way I planned for you. Step out and step into something new. Life is good with God. Not easy, but good. Mary stands at that moment, her kairos moment, when that angel comes down. We, Pastor mentioned that in the revival, the two differences between the, the man who ends up being deaf or, or uh, blind because he says, ah, I don't really believe. And Mary who says these words, be it unto me according to your word. Amen. Stood, Saul of Tarsus stands at that moment when he hears Jesus speak on the road to Tarsus. That was a Kairos moment that has changed history. Amen. He is, like today, the people, there are many people persecuting around the world today. Uh, Christians and people are, are being persecuted for their faith. And Saul was that man. Saul was that man and he had a Kairos moment. And how many know sometimes we're the kind of people that don't need a still small voice like Samuel had? Watch this. They don't need a tap on the shoulder and God to say, hey, Brenda. Amen. Hey, Paul. I'm talking to you, Samuel, they don't need that. They need a two by four backed up like a baseball player and slap them across the head between the eyes and say, hello. Amen. Just be honest with me. How many of you got slapped by a two by four? I, I was one of them. Got slapped by a two by four to get your attention. Amen. That was me. But Saul got knocked off the horse. He's on the ground off his horse and looks up. Who are you? Why are you persecuting me? He says, <clears throat> what if he, watch this, what if, that'd go into a whole other message, what if Saul would have resisted what God was telling him that day? Think about it. See, right there is where we would say, well, and there's a truth to it, we would say, well, God would have used somebody else, yes. But you don't understand that your, your decision is tied to the destiny of many other people. Okay, many other people, many other people. So someone might have came along and did what Saul did, but a whole bunch of people that Saul touched would not have gotten touched. I need, I need you to understand that this morning. Ezekiel 36 talks, don't look at it for time, but you can read it later, talks about the fact that when we don't witness to somebody that the Lord has put on our hearts, their blood is on our hands. It's a very serious thing that we don't understand that there are people in my path. Sometimes we are foolish at, at the same time don't understand the seriousness of God to say, well, I'm not anybody and God can't use me. Well, God has people in your path that you're supposed to touch. Lives you're supposed to change. People you're supposed to affect. And when you say no in that Kairos moment, those people down the road that are supposed to be changed by you and your life and your destiny, they miss out. And maybe never get an opportunity to accept Jesus. Amen. Each one of us in our lives this morning, I believe, again, are here for a Kairos moment. I'm just going to quickly give you, since I have the mic, a few of my examples of Kairos moments that I look back. I started to begin to think, God, show me some of my Kairos moments. And I really believe there are many that I could have chose from. And I don't say that bragging. I say it to thank God. Amen. But I look back at some moments where I made a decision and it was a moment of a Kairos moment that changed destiny. 
And, and I remember being in, in that church after I had gotten saved. I said that this, this, your salvation is your first Kairos moment. And now I'm saved. And in just a few months, not even maybe four months or less after I get saved, I'm sitting in a service. And this is why I say today might be a Kairos moment for you, because I'm sitting in a service just like you are somewhere in the service. And a man is up preaching and his name was Stacy. And he was talking about wanting to go down to Costa Rica to learn Spanish. And he's talking and he's, he's saying, I want to go and we need to raise some money. And God's really put it on my heart. And, 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 and I feel like I'm supposed to be there. And I feel like I'm supposed to go learn Spanish. And so God's speaking through this man. And I'm in the crowd just like you. And I'm cheering him on. I'm saying, go, Stacy. Yes. Go to Costa Rica. Yes. Learn Spanish. Yes. Amen. I'm with him. I'm cheering him on. I don't know that a Kairos moment is happening at that moment. I don't know that God has stopped time and put the spotlight down on my life and said, I'm doing something. This is on my calendar for Blake. And I get done out of that service and I'm like, hey, man, great service. And we're about to go eat and I'm excited. I like to eat. Hey, man, we're going to go eat. Matter of fact, one of my favorite places, Furs in Tucson. They were still popping back then. Amen. And we're going to go to first. And I, I come to find out that in that same service, that day, at that very moment, see, when you think about Kairos, it's not just one person involved, it's many. And I get out of that service and I realize that from all the way from Sanger, Texas, right up the road now, my aunt and uncle, who is Kendra's mom and dad, happened to be in the service that day. Why were they in there that day? Because they came up to me after church and said, Blake, the Holy Spirit spoke to us while Stacy was talking. And we feel like you're supposed to go to Costa Rica to learn Spanish. We feel like this is your, your, your time. You're supposed to go. See, I was wrapped up in a Kairos moment. And at that time, I was very young in the Lord and I didn't know it at the time. But now looking back, I know it was. And I told you know what I did when they said that to me? I had learned enough Christianese. They don't take long to learn Christianese. Amen. How many know Christianese this morning? Amen. Amen. Try not to learn too much of it. Amen. Try to stay real. I said, I said, you know what? That sounds like a great opportunity. I'm going to pray about it. Amen. That was my Christianese. Guess what? I was not going to pray about it. I'm just being honest. Had no plans, no intentions of even spending a minute on it. I wasn't going to say, God, what do, you, what do you think about that? None. I was thinking about food, a chopped beef steak, jalapeno cornbread, it's butter chest pie, Coke. I was not thinking about anything about Costa Rica. <laughs> Nothing. We're on our way to eat in the car. Another Kairos moment happens. God says, I want you to go. Knew it was God. Went back to him and said, okay, I'm going to go. That was a Kairos moment at 19 years old to leave the country to leave, back, you know, the, to, to leave the, even the ministry I was beginning to start to, and go to Costa Rica. So I have another Kairos moment. Now, I, did y'all realize that they came all the way from Sanger to Tucson? That's a thousand miles. And it's one of the ugliest drives in the world between here and Tucson, Arizona. West Texas, you look at nothing for about 10 hours. And they drove all the way over there to be part of that Kairos moment. See, now we're looking at the finished product. We're looking at this church here in Denton, Texas. We're looking at all the things today that are here on this date in 2014. But none of this would be here today if I wouldn't have answered yes to the Kairos moment 
of 1994, sorry, 1992, that I said, yeah, I'll go to Costa Rica. So I get down to Costa Rica, and I'm there learning Spanish, and another Kairos moment happens. I get asked to go to church. Obviously, we're going to go to church. I'm there for, for the mission. I'm there for the Lord. And we, we were part of the Assemblies of God. And so I was going to look for Assemblies of God Church. And so I'm there with this family learning Spanish. I'm pretty miserable, to be honest with you. It's been about three weeks, four weeks. I wanted to come home. I didn't like it. I didn't like living with a, first of all, I was living with a religious family. Let's just put it that way. It wasn't Christian. And they were nice people, but they were very religious. Let's just say they had lots of stuff on the walls and lots of candles and lots of things. I didn't understand, okay? And I didn't understand the language. And the first time I took a shower when I was over there, I saw a spider the size of my hand. And I said, I don't like this place. And the shower was so small, I couldn't hardly wash myself anyways. There was nowhere to go when I saw that spider. So just take that picture out of your mind. Amen. No, nowhere to go. I about had a heart attack. And they have these things called widowmakers. That the water that you're heating your body, the water with to take a shower is connected to electricity. Ain't that crazy? I know Marvin Gisela probably just, okay, I know what he's talking about now. Widowmaker. That's what they call it, Widowmaker. They want you to take a shower with a shower head that says Widowmaker. So anyways, I'm there. I'm not liking life too much. I'm wanting to come back, and I'm asked to go to church that morning. There was about five Assemblies of God churches between where I lived and where I went this Kairos moment day. And I showed up to the church, and there was about 2,000 people there. It was a big church. And I was in there, and I was in a suit just like this. I've worn a suit for a long time. And we were, me and my two American friends, Stacy was one of them, and the other guy was named Dustin, and it wasn't Pastor Dustin. And we're sitting there singing the songs and clapping. And I guess, you know, we looked pretty handsome because no one else was wearing suits that day except the pastor. So, we, you know, we're three tall Americans and we're just clapping and singing and no words on the wall. Everybody that had, when we, when we do the words on the wall, by the way, thank the Lord for that. Okay, especially when you're trying to learn a language. Okay, it's bad enough that it's in your language. They're singing the songs, I have no clue. I went back to choir time when they said, uh, sing cantaloupe and watermelon. If you don't know a song to something, just sing cantaloupe and watermelon and the words will look like you're singing it. So I went back to that. But I really wasn't into it too much because I didn't know the language. There was a whole lot of people there. It was hot and I didn't really want to be there anyways. But all of a sudden, so I got a little bit out of the spirit, if you know what I'm saying. And I looked across the church and I saw this little lady. I saw this little lady. It was a Kairos moment. That was my wife, Amen. Carla. Amen. The mama of destiny, Kristen. My baby's mama. That was my baby's mama. And I looked over that church and saw her, and she caught my eye in that Kairos moment. The spotlight was on her. And the rest is history. We met that day and started, and there's my in-laws. They were, they were there that day. Amen. I'll never forget that bald head. Praise God. That was a Kairos moment that started, that started our destiny together as a marriage. And our daughters and all these things. And then another one was being over there. or go, Sorry, going back to Costa Rica. I was here in Denton, Texas. And, and we were in a, in, in, excuse me if you've heard this, but I know many haven't. And this is important. We were here in Denton, Texas, about two miles from here. It's crazy how God brings things full circle. 
and how we're in the same city where my aunt and uncle are and all this craziness. It's wild. It's wild. God, you can't, you can't make it up yourself. So we're here in Denton, Texas. Me and my dad had a business together. We did really well that year. We made a lot of money. And we're at a church. Don't need to say the name. It was Assemblies of God Church. And we're serving. And God's allowing me to preach and allowing me to be used. And we started a kids ministry. And, and the church is really growing and going well. And our kids ministry is going well. And I'm the assistant pastor. And we're just having a good time serving the Lord. We love Dallas. We got season passes to Six Flags. And we have a nice house and a nice car. And we're happy. We're in God's will. We're excited. Amen. We're happy. And then all of a sudden, God begins to speak to me and, and says, I want you to go to Costa Rica. Back. And Dad will tell you, for that month of September, I was miserable. I should have been happy. Don't say too much, amen. He's already nodding his head. I was probably like a woman uh, on premenstrual uh, PMS and maybe menopause, too. I don't know. I know I was a grouch for a month. And I should have been happy. I had a nice house, nice car, season passes to Six Flags, m money, church. Everything was good. But I was miserable because God was trying to speak to me. This isn't where you're supposed to be right now. And so he speaks to me one day, clears the bell. I want you to go to Costa Rica. I went and told Carl. You can imagine how surprised she was. She never thought we'd go back to Costa Rica. So she was like, okay, I'll go. If the Lord says, amen, if we must, I'll, I'll obey, honey. So I say yes. Two weeks later, I get a call from uh, the pastor. And he says, I need to eat dinner with you. I need to share something with you. I said, all right. So we, got, we had been working out every morning. That probably one of the best in shape times of my life. I need to get back to that. Amen. We worked out every single morning at the gym. So it was pretty, I was in pretty good shape. And I wasn't eating as much ice cream. And so he calls me, and, and we had been spending a lot of time together. And he sits me down, and he tells me some of the craziest words I've ever heard in my life. He says, I want you to know first, we have a really good relationship. I'm going to be honest with you. Most people are not going to know what happened. But I've been having an affair with the youth pastor's wife for two years. This was a whole year I was with this guy. And I'm working out with him every single morning. In the, and, and really, like within seconds of him telling me that, the first thing that came to my mind was, God, why didn't you let me know that this guy was doing this? Why didn't you give me some kind of discernment? You know what God told me? He said, because you would have left. Yeah. Watch that. Because you would have left. And I could have stepped out of another Kairos moment. So he says, I, 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 I'm, I've got to resign the church. And so one thing led to another. And all of a sudden, the church people... My dad's a witness to this. My aunt and uncle were in the church. Kendra was in the church. But there was a big church. It was good size, good finances, good spirit, good heart. Just like this. It was a church like this. Not as good. But it was good. And, and the church started saying, you know what? You're doing a really... No one left the church. I had to take over at 24 years old. Had no experience. I just started preaching. God started putting messages in my heart to try to keep those people around and heal them He'd been their pastor for a long time. Can you imagine that? That's hard. And just God just began to use me for a few months. And all of a sudden, the, 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 the demon board, I mean the deacon board. <laughs> sorry. The deacon board. We don't have demon boards, by the way. We have a council. Praise God. I thank God for Pastor Jones and our fellowship. They got together and said, you know what? We, you're doing a good job. We think you should be the pastor. You should take this church over. Guess what? This is... How many years ago? 16? 1998. 16 years ago. That's quite a while. 
that, that church was doing what that, the salary was 50000 a year with the house and insurance and all that stuff. Y'all follow me? 16 years ago. So it was a little tempting to say, yeah, this is, this is God's will. And how many know it would have been God's will to do the church, to take it over, to do all those things? But God said, no, I spoke to you two weeks ago to go to Costa Rica. And I said, I can't do that. I got to go. And I had a date and we left. Amen. That was a Kairos moment. Kairos decision. The right decision. Then I get down there and the last one I'll use this morning for an example is when I met Pastor Dustin on the basketball court. So you don't have to be in church to have a Kairos moment. We're on the basketball court and we meet. We begin to talk. Our destinies crossed. It was a Kairos moment for us to get each other's phone numbers and to, to, to share uh, information and get together with our wives for a Thanksgiving dinner that has changed our entire destiny, that brought us into this fellowship, that allowed him to get a daughter through us, through Marvin, Marvin's employee. You've heard Pastor Dustin say the story. You've heard Pastor Jones. Marvin was the, Marvin was the one that helped. He came to me and said, Blake, I've got a, a lady who's got a, a kid and, and she, she's pregnant and she can't have the kid. And at that moment, Pastor Dustin was looking for a child. They wanted to adopt and didn't have the opportunity. And the rest is history. And they adopted their sweet daughter, Sarah, who's now 14, I think, 14, 13, 14 years old. And, and, and is a sweet child of God. Amen. Because of a Kairos moment on a basketball court. And so we have to understand, as I just give a few of those examples, how important it is that we recognize the Kairos moment and that we say the right answer in the Kairos moment. And so here we are now today. And then there was another one, of course, that for God to say, I want you to go back to Denton again. And it was Denton. It wasn't Louisville or Sanger or Corinth or Capel or Flower Mound. It was Denton. It was a clear as a bell, Denton. And you're supposed to go back to Denton, Texas and start a church. And here we are today now seeing the fruit of that future wrapped in a Kairos moment. Amen. Do you follow me? And this is just an example of my life, but all of you have a a future and a destiny, and, and some of you are seeing it, thank God, unfold, but it's big. I remember asking, as I closed this morning, I remember asking God one time, I said, God, why, why, did, why couldn't, I just have, couldn't I just have stayed in Denton? You know, couldn't I just have stayed there and took that church? You know, because I preached about the permissible and the perfect before. And I, he said, yes, you could have. Because as long as you're in God's will, it's good. But there's a perfect and there's a permissible. And there's a big difference between the two. God's okay with both of them. But he wants you in the perfect will. Because in the perfect will of God, there's supernatural things that take place. And I said, God, amen. Supernatural things take place. When you put God first. I said, couldn't I have just stayed there? He said, yes, you could have. He said, but you would have touched a city. And now you've touched a nation. Amen. A city to a nation. Big difference. And then, of course, your, many of your, you know, some of you were saved before we met, but many of you in here this morning, your salvation was tied by destiny to me. And my answer in that Kairos moment for your salvation and for the change of your life, for the marriage of your, of your marriage, Amen? Not to lift me up, but to say that that's how God works. Yeah. If we were to stop, like I talked about the baptism, and look at where your life would be today 
if I wouldn't have said yes in my Kairos moments to all those steps. And here's the crazy thing. All those steps I just went over laid, lead into another one. When you miss one, you, you eliminate the next one. You eliminate it because it's, it, it's, 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 it's a, the Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. Ordered by God. And so every time you come to church, every time you read your Bible, every time you say yes to God, every time you do what's right in God, you are walking in those ordered steps of God. And listen, moments in our history, in our time, when God takes that future once again and says, what are you going to do with my future at that crossroad. I want you to write one last thing down this morning before we pray. If you're to get anything out of this, get this, this, this saying, nothing great ever came to me in my life without a divine moment of destiny where I had to make a decision. Okay, write that down. I'm going to say it again. Nothing great ever came to me without a divine moment of destiny where I had to make a decision. If you look back on your life this morning and you look back at some of those moments that you knew were big decisions and big victories, it was a decision to be made. And you can look back and you can say, I made the right decision. Praise God. I made the right decision. Amen. Can you say amen?